You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Thank you very much. Thank you. Did you know what that was? It was yes. That's a stadium of 80,000 people screaming. You know what that means? Football. It's coming. Are you excited? Some of you are like, I don't care. Gamecocks? Clemson? North Carolina? Yay, sports. Yeah. But I thought that was a little fun, but I'm looking forward to that uh, football season. And what helps us understand the, what the Bible's trying to set us up for and imagining these clouds of witnesses around us. And I've heard that all my life, but I, I you know, to really picture that moment, I want you to think about it. More than 80,000 people are looking in on us today and cheering us on. You know, and we're like, yay, God, yay, go God. And they're like, you don't understand. You don't understand. I'm like, that's a whole other message. I'll stop right there. But this is our key verse. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and I think about the witnesses, and I think about my family that's moved on, my mom, my Aunt Mina. I had an aunt named Wilhelmina. Okay, anybody named that in here? No. We used to call her Mina because she could be so mean. If you're listening, Wilhelmina, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say good things. I promise you. When I first started in ministry many years ago, 1900 and something, and she, I had grew a goatee. Okay, y'all know what that is. You can you can respond this morning. Yes, we know what that is. And she came to me, she said, honey, you can't have a goatee. I'm like, why? She said, you're a pastor. I said, well, what's wrong with a goatee? She said, well, you look like the devil. <laughs> I never thought about it, but if you see those pictures, you know. Well, I shaved it, Wilhelmina. I'm looking good. But I think about them, how they, where they are now, they're seeing us. And they're saying, you guys, if you'll just listen, if you'll just learn, God is all you need. God is incredible. He has everything you could ever imagine. So I want you to imagine that with me today. That they're, that they're here with us. But we're going to bring somebody down in a minute, and we're going to talk to them. What we would call the Hall of Fame. Chapter 11, Hebrews lists the Hall of Famers. I list them. And then in 12, it talks about what that means. And we're going we're gonna to talk about one character today. Before we do that, though, I want to finish this verse. And let us run the race with perseverance, a race marked out for us. We're running a race right now. Now, I'm going to tell you, any race fans out there? I had two in the first service. You got one back there. Yeah, okay. Well, I like racing. I mean, I don't watch it that much. My daddy does. But I tried it one time, okay? 
Now, I've, I've, anybody rode go-karts in here? Everybody's done the go-kart thing? Well, I'm, yeah, I'm not, these are not the same as the Dollywood go-karts, okay? These are like man carts, okay? I mean, they're custom fit, God, I mean, you, mm. and it's got a, I, ro- I drove stock, Eddie drove the uh, limited modified because he, it's faster and I wasn't that brave. But I drove the stock and believe me, they go a whole lot faster than normal. And so I started doing this because Eddie was doing it. My brother Eddie, he, he won a couple of races. He's just like really into it. I said, you know, I guess I, everything Eddie does, I got to be involved in. We're doing church together now. So that's just the way God meant it to be. And so he said, I want you to race stock. So I got a car. And we have a guy that actually built the engine for it. This is how serious it was, guys. I mean, we missed church for racing, I'm going to tell you. Got in trouble for that one. But we would set it up. And I got, I got about my third race. I started figuring it out. And this is a dirt track, okay? So if you don't know much about it, dirt tracks are very interesting because it's scary, okay? I mean, you're, you're just moving everywhere. And the first turn is always the scariest. So when we get in that first turn, there's 20 carts, and they're just going, whoosh, whoosh, you know, and you're just like smacking people. You're just doing everything you can to be the first one out. And if not, wreck. Okay, we hope you don't wreck. And so... This particular race, I got out. I got ahead. And I was leading. For the first time since I've been racing, I was leading. Man, I was bad, too. Hit that turn. Hit the turn again. And I, I mean, I was leading by, I mean, four or five carts. And I looked over at Eddie, and then we're like, yeah, man, you know, go. You know, I thought I was doing really good. Well, when I come back around again, Eddie was going, I'm like, what does that mean? Is that a new cheer? And about that time, I felt something. It's like something bit me right here. And I looked down, and my coat was on fire. And the cl- my coat had got caught in the clutch, and it started burning, and it started coming up. And I'm like, well, I look cool, don't it? <laughs> no. I mean, I'm like, what do I do? Because this is methanol, okay? If it blows, Eddie's preaching today, okay? So I pulled in, slid in, you know, as cool as I could be, and they picked me up off that cart like I was a child and threw me in the dirt and rolled me around, patted me out, and got the jacket on me, tried to take my clothes off. I said, stop, I'm not burning. And... I was okay. I got a little burn, a little scar right here. I'm okay. But here's what the disappointment was. I was winning. I was winning. All I had to do was tuck my jacket in, and it wouldn't happen. And I'll never forget it because I kind of, I've never went back to it. Maybe one day I will. I don't think so. No, Brenda won't let me. But I I think about Jacob, and that's who we're talking about. Jacob, his life was very similar. And and a lot of us are the same way. We're just racing ahead. We're just going as hard as we can. We're not even paying attention to anything around us until something blows up. You see, Jacob, out of all the ones, I'd say he's he's pretty complicated. Kind of like your husband's complicated. 
right? Your wife's complicated. Yeah. David said, yeah, you better watch out. My wife is not. She's beautiful and amazing right here. She married me. If y'all didn't hear that online, she said I wasn't supposed to lie in church. Now I don't know what to do. My whole metna. I love you, baby. What was I saying? Manipulator. That's what I was doing. That's who Jacob was. He, he was an amazing manipulator. And, but, you know, Jacob, you know, out of all the people, you know, God put in the Hall of Fame, they were all messed up. Have you noticed that? I mean, just messed up. Abraham's a liar. David committed adultery and even killed a man over it. You know, Paul murdered Christians. And God is using these people to teach us a lesson. You know, I thought that was amazing. So if, if they can be used by God, I think we can. I think there's hope for us. And so I would characterize it this way. For when your life isn't turning out the way you hoped, that would be Jacob. That might be you. That we're not letting control, letting God control our lives. We're controlling it. You see, Jacob, from day one, when he was born, he had a twin, Esau, okay? The day he was born, Esau came out first, and when Esau came out, Jacob reached out and grabbed him by the heel and tried to pull him back in. From day one, he was already trying to change the situation. He was already manipulating the situation. And so they named him Jacob, which means deceiver trickster. From day one, he was trying to control his life. I would say we're probably guilty of that too, wouldn't you think? Are you guilty of trying to control your own life? The script that you already have it written out, what you're going to be when you grow up. I thought I was going to be a millionaire by I was 25. It didn't happen. I had a different plan for my life. And that was Jacob. He thought he knew the plan. Maybe like you and me, we think we understand what our lives should be. And we're racing down that road as hard as we can go, thinking we're going to win. But you'll never win life outside of God. You'll never find peace. You'll never find hope outside of God. You'll never win the race unless God's with you. That's what I think we can learn from Jacob here. And I think you, you, can, you can see what they're trying to do. These, these guys are coming out of the stand. He's coming out here and he's saying, listen, Jacob's saying, listen to me. I'm telling you what not to do, so you won't do it. I want you to learn from me today. Learn from what the Bible, that's the reason it's in the Bible, so we can learn from it. And I think sometimes we just kind of ignore it. I don't want you to do that today. I want you to pay attention because I think what can happen for you today, God will change your life today. I'll tell you this. I guarantee you this right now. You will have an encounter with God today. You will. I have no doubt. God will speak to every one of you in this room today. It's up to you what you do with it. Okay? So the main thing that he would say to us 
Let God have control of your life. Let him have control. Give him everything. Don't be like me and manipulate through life trying to just get by, scripting out your own, your own life. Let God do that. And so I had this great quote from Mother Teresa. It said, you will never know God is all you need until he's all you have. I never knew I needed help until the engine blew up. <laughs> then I needed help. See, a lot of us have, maybe are at that point right now today. You're at the end of your rope. You don't know where to turn. But you're going to keep going down that track. You're just going to keep going. And God's saying, just let me have it. Give it to me. And that's what Jacob would say. And I don't know if you're like me, I'm pretty stubborn, so it's taken me. Any stubborn people out there? I got one big stubborn one right there. He's stubborn. I can see that. I can see you are stubborn. I love you, man. Identify. I identify. So stubborn that I never listened to my mom that told me not to buy that prelude that I paid five years for. You know? that we need to give God control. And this is gonna be what happens to you today if you let it. You'll get a new strength. See, a lot of us are trying to create our lives with our own strength, okay? You like that? We're trying to lift our careers, lift our you know, jobs, make the money. There's nothing wrong with that. I want money, bring it to me, I'll take it. He said, right, that's a pastor for you. I'm kidding. Laugh with me. Okay. We're trying to do things in our own strength. But see, when you give control to God, when you give complete control to God, you'll get a new strength. Something you couldn't imagine. And see, this is what happened to Jacob. He met God face to face at a place, I think it's called Penel in the Bible. And he met God face to face. He, it came to a point where he had to meet him face to face. And you will too. Everyone in this room will meet God someday. We will meet face to face. And this is what happened. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives and We'll deal with that in the next series, okay? Just pay no attention to that. His two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. Excuse me, I went too fast. When the man saw that he, excuse me, hold up everyone. This left Jacob all alone in the camp and a man came and wrestled him. I was told I needed to say it wrestled and not wrestled. Okay? For all you correct English majors out there. Wrestled with him. Now I want you to, I want you to take a look. The man, if you look at the man, the Bible talks about this was either God, some think it's, my, it's probably Jesus, but an angel of the Lord. So he was wrestling, face wrestling, wrestling. How you doing, Scott? Wrestling face-to-face -face with God. I love it. 
until the end of the day. See, I look at you today, I watch you come in, I watch people, I say, look, look they're, they're wrestling with issues today. You're wrestling with something today. Are you not? Would you agree? I was this week. I'll tell you what I was wrestling with. I had a toothache. Okay, do you love toothaches? Well, I started working on this message, and I just couldn't focus, guys. I just couldn't do it. Because when the pain hit, it's starting to come back a little bit. When the pain hit, it went like down my jaw, up to my head, everywhere. And I just like, I can't take this. I went to the dentist. He said, well, I can't do anything today. Thank you. I love him. He's awesome. He really is. He said, so they scheduled him to do something next week. So I got some antibiotics and stuff. So I'm pushing through today. But as that happened, me and Brenda were talking about it, the struggle, the crisis. The crisis made me point to God. It's like God saying, see, don't leave me out of what I'm doing here. Don't just put another message together and stand up there and speak. This is, this is a big deal. This is, I want to change their life today. I want to use you to change their life today. This is not just another Sunday. And we're wrestling, and I bet, I cannot say it right, I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. Uh, you know, I used to wrestle with my brothers, Eddie and Alan. They were older than me. And we love Wahoo McDaniel. Ric Flair. Woo! This is the body. That's what he used to say, I think. And Eddie and them would put me in the figure four all the time. Some of you wrestling people know that, right, Kyle? And it's one of those things when you're in, you can't, you have to give up because they're going to break your leg. They, they might try to break my leg, I don't know. But they were pretty mean to me, my brothers. Okay, I love you if you're watching Eddie and Alan. Still love you, but you were mean. But we, we would do that, and I would not give in, guys. I was not going to give in. There's nothing you could do. You can break my leg. I'm not giving in. I am tough. And see, a lot of us are basically got that wall up this morning. You're, you're, you're thinking the same thing. God, I'm, I'm okay, God. I don't need you to mess with me. I'm okay. I'm not giving in. And that's Jacob. And God knew it. See what God did. Come on, screen. When the man saw that he would not win the match, when he saw that you would not give up, that you were going to continue to say no to God, you're going to continue to do life your way, you're going to continue to script out your life the way you want it, This is what he did. This is what God did. He touched Jacob's hip and he popped it out of socket. He said, I'm going to teach you a lesson because you have no idea who you're dealing with. And it may sound kind of mean, but it's actually not. It's actually a lot of love. See, God allowed a crisis to get his attention. And that's what's going to happen to us. A crisis will come to get your attention. 
See, we think we're strong. (laughs) We're not strong. Not without God. You can't do it without God. You cannot. I, I can't, I could not do it. I cannot do this life without God. When you came in today, I could see it in your face also that some of you are exhausted. Would you not agree? You're exhausted. You're worn out. I am. Can I just take a nap right here? I'm exhausted with trying to do life myself. I want to do life with God. And I'm a pastor. But I have to understand that I need God too. Just because I stand up here doesn't mean anything unless God's with me. So what did Jesus say about this? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So Jesus has given us the answer here for your exhaustion. He's, He's telling you what you can do. Come to him. Now, some of you may know the rest of the verse, and so, you know, it doesn't stop here, but what if it did? What if it said, I will give you rest? All you gotta do is just lay down, take a nap, do nothing. That's not what he's saying. In fact, he's saying the opposite. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for your soul. I looked this word yoke up. There's two meanings for it. Y'all know what a yoke is? Probably don't. I'll tell you. It's what they used to put over the ox or cattle, and it would go over their neck, and they would plow all day, like in the, and they would stay in a straight row, okay? So there's two types of meanings for this word in the translation. The first one is more a generic type yoke, more of the Israeli Walmart version, I'd say. So, you know, that's what, you know, you, you put that yoke on your animal, and they would work all day. Next thing you know, they're bruised and bleeding, they're working on their own strength. And then Jesus, what he's talking about, his yoke, the definition he's talking about is a yoke that's perfectly fitted for you. I bet Jesus made plenty of these in his days as a carpenter. But this yoke is perfectly fitted for you. So that when you work all day, it's, it's, it's not Resting is not inactivity. It's just working the right way. Okay? It's doing it God's way. It's allowing his strength to plow the field with you. And when you, when God, you know, when they fit the animals, they'd measure the animal's arm, they'd measure their big chest. Y'all like that? I'm muscular enough. I'm not, Emma. I need to work out. But when he had, when they did that, they, they would put that on them and they would plow a straight line and they never get tired. They never get weary. They wouldn't bleed because they were wearing the yoke perfectly fit for them. And that's what Jesus was telling us. I want to give you a, another illustration. I'm sorry, my screens are really all messed up this morning. 
Before I do this next screen, I want to, y'all ever seen an eagle fly? You know what I'm talking about? The Bible talks about it. It says, they, you know, those who wait upon the Lord will fly like eagles, wind. And if you've ever seen an eagle fly, I've, I've seen some documentaries on it where, you know, the eagle will just stand on the edge and one flap is gone. One flap. He's like, hey, man, look at me. I'm doing this. He's waiting on that current, that thermal, that hot air to come up. And, he's, and that's what's lifting him. He's flying not on his own strength, but of the wind that's moving him. That's what I'm talking about when you allow God in your life. It's not your own strength. Now, some of us are like the other birds, okay? Now, I embarrassed myself at the first service when I did this. So, some of us are like this. Okay? Some of you are just like. You're working really hard. And you're like, I'm going to rest for a minute. You like that, Scott? Don't, hey, race that part. Okay? But that's the way we are. We're, that's, that's how we live our lives. We're working on our strength. We're not, we're not allowing God to be a part of that. Next thing you'll get, if I could ever get my screens there, I will love you all. You'll get a new identity, a new name. This is very important to me because I'll tell you my story in a minute. I'm going to tell you what happened to Jacob. They asked Jacob, what is your name? The man replied, Jacob. See, Jacob's name meant trickster. Okay? He was a manipulator. He was a liar. He'd done all these things to get his way like we talked about earlier. And God sometimes wants you to see yourself for who you are face to face. Who are you right now if you looked in the mirror? Who are you? Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? They named him that because that's who he was or that's who he thought he was. But then God says this. Your name will no longer be Jacob. This is what God is telling him. The man told him, from now on you will be called Israel, which means prince of God. Because you have fought with God and with men and have won. You see, God doesn't see who you are. He sees who you will become. Let me say it again. God doesn't see who you are. He sees who you will become. God doesn't see actualities. He sees possibilities in your life. For me, I know this point very well. Okay? I know this because I've lived this. Many years ago, Before ministry, I had scripted out a life for myself. Okay, I'm a musician. I'm going to be a musician. I play piano. I'm going to be in a band. And I was in a country band for a while. Played at many places. I will not name them. And that was what I was going to be. That was was what I thought I was going to be. I went to school 
for recording. I was going to be a producer. And I tried that and I fought that life and I did that life. And I'm telling you, I tried everything I could to make that life happen. I practiced every day. I spent hours and hours and hours in a studio. I still love it. And I fought that and I have fought it my whole life. But that's, you know, God, you wouldn't give me the talent if I, you know, I play piano, shouldn't I be doing that? No, that's probably just part of what you can do. But for me, I had scripted that out. You get what I'm saying? I had thought that's what I'm supposed to do with my life. When God had a whole different direction for me. And I'll never forget it. My brother's always his fault, okay? Eddie, it's always his fault. He asked me to lead worship for the youth at Brushy Creek. Never forget it. The most horrifying experience I ever had. I was leading on piano, and in those days, it was like, I got a river of life going out of me. Y'all know that song? No, none of you do. It's okay, band. But they're looking at me like, who is this idiot? And I'm thinking, God, no. This is not what you have for me. Are you kidding me, God? Me leading worship? Like, come on. I do not have this ability. Long story short, God allowed me to be a part of Marathon. Allowed me to see thousands and thousands and thousands of people find Christ. That's the script he wrote for me. I almost missed it. Because I wanted to keep doing my thing, keep going my way. So God has something for you. He's already written it out for you guys. Whatever it is, he's already got it written for you. And he brought him to Jesus. This is Andrew, brought his brother. Look at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. And Simon means listener of God. He said, and Jesus said, you will be called Cephas, which is translated to Peter. See, Simon was this, he didn't do a whole lot. But Jesus saw him and said, you know what you are? You're a kind of man I'm going to build my church on. God's looking at you and saying, you can't imagine what I can do with your life. If you'll let me. I can, I can do amazing things with your life if you'll just let go and let me have control. Boy, I can see it in your face. It's just so difficult. We want to drive the car so bad. We don't care if it's on fire. We don't care. We're going to blow up and we're going to be happy about it. God has got a better plan for you, a new identity for you. You'll get a new joy. Now this one, you give it up to God, I promise you this does happen. It's a hard one to find joy in the midst of this world. I'm going to share a story with you in a moment about a little girl that for one moment in my life, changed my life. And I'm not going to share it yet. I'm going to go over a few more things. 
But I think Jacob wants us to understand some don't forgets before he leaves, before he goes back up in the stands. I'm going to go right to it. Brokenness precedes breakthrough. Here's what God, you know what God wants from you today? It's very simple. Honesty. You don't have to be perfect. Have we not learned that yet? You don't have to be perfect. You're not going to be. He just needs honesty. You say, God, you know, I only sinned nine times this week instead of 10. I'm doing good. Yeah. I still love you. Brokenness. We cannot be who God intends us to be and at the same time hold on to what we think we should be. Do I need to say that again? We cannot be who God intends us to be, okay? And at the same time, hold on to what we think we should be. I want you to do something for me, help, you, help illustrate this for you. I want you to hold your hands up like this, put them in the fist. Y'all want to fight? Everybody do that right there. Come on. It's in church, it don't matter. Hit your neighbor. Oh, man, that, don't hit them that hard. Looks like somebody enjoyed that. No, put them back up. Come on. I'm not done with you. This is what you're doing, right? This is your life right now. How long do you think we can stay like that? Before you get tired. Here's what I want you to do. Squeeze really hard. And I want you to let go. It's that simple. Can it really be that simple? Yes. You can give God everything you have. Your car, your career, your golf clubs. No, no. We might need some help on the golf course with some words we're saying. But... Give him everything, your children, your family, your marriage, your hobbies, the clothes you're wearing. I know it sounds stupid, but what I'm saying is he wants every part of you, everything. Do you not understand what they're trying to tell us? The witnesses are telling us right now. Do you not get it? Do you not hear the words that I'm telling you that God is the only way? He is the only answer to your problems today. He's the only thing that can keep you from being exhausted. If you'll do it his way, he promises you he'll give you something new. He'll give you a joy. You know that word blessed in the Bible, it's actually the definition is an internal joy. It's not blessing like, you know, blessed or happiness comes from happenstance. It's your circumstance. Joy does not have anything to do with circumstance. Joy has everything to do with internal. No matter what the world does to me, I have joy. That's what happens when you give to God what is his. When you let him have control of your life. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. 
God opposes. Now, you don't want to be on this side of God, okay? Everybody got that? It's probably pretty easy to understand. Opposes the proud but shows favor. This is where you want to be. Favor to the humble. Humble. Say it with me. Humble. Say it one more time. Humble yourselves. Say yourselves. Humble. Okay. I didn't think we understood that for a minute. Therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he might lift you up in due time. You must lose yourself to find yourself. Calling the crowd to join his disciples. This is what Jesus is doing. This is what I'm doing this morning. I'm standing up here and I'm calling to you. Calling to you watching online. I'm calling out to you. This is your chance to join. This is your chance to be a disciple. He said, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of good news, you will save it. Don't allow what you think you want to get in the way of what God may want for you. Okay. Now, when you find yourself on God's terms, you find fulfillment. And I want to talk about that for a minute, fulfillment. I'm going to tell you about that story I was going to tell you earlier. See, a lot of us hold on to our life because we don't understand the nature of God. We really don't. I think as church, we, we've kind of messed up in some ways that we haven't really taught the true nature of God. I think sometimes we teach God is about being perfect, about doing the right things. And I think we miss out on, on that fulfillment, that joy, that strength that God has for us. And for me, being in church for my whole life, being in ministry for many years, I've kind of sometimes become numb to the process. Just being honest with you. I don't want to be that way. Sometimes I get tired. I have a toothache. I get exhausted. Lights blinked. Don't know why. weeks ago our church family lost a, a, an incredible little girl Jaden and I'd asked the family incredible family I said can I share this story I mean this is very it's just been a few weeks and they were so kind to let me do this today because I think it means so much you know we had three people find Christ in the first service you didn't know that. Is that not something to celebrate? Yeah. Well, let me, let me just say this. I went to the service, okay? I'm sitting in the service. Like I said, I've, I've been to many services, and I've, and I've done some, and they're never easy. But you, you kind of try to deal with it because you, you just, it's hard emotionally 
And I'm sitting there in the service, and I'm hearing Chase talk about this incredible little girl. And it's, it's like, it's really hard. The joy that I saw in a nine-year-old that had 30-plus surgeries, I'm like, am I missing something? God said, you are. I always seem to cry at all. You are missing something, Brian. There's this unspeakable joy that you cannot imagine that I provide. There's an unspeakable strength that I provide for you, and you turn away from me every time. I come with you time after time after time, and you get close. You get some encounters with God. Some of you do too. You come to church, you get a good feeling, you get a close encounter, but you never change your life. You just keep on. You never change. And for that moment, for me, guys, it changed my life. And I wanted you to know that. And as hard as it is to talk about the joy, the unspeakable joy of Jesus Christ and his love, it's so amazing. I don't even know how to describe it to you. You have to decide, is the day the day I'm going to encounter God? Like I told you at the beginning, you're going to encounter God today. You are. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to show you a video of Jaden. <laughs> and I want you to see what joy looks like. I want you to see when God is in your life, no matter the circumstances, he's there. Watch this. Yeah, good, good, into you are, into you are, into you are, in love by you. Into my am, into my am, into my am. There are perfect in all the ways. There are perfect in all the ways. There are perfect in all the ways. To us. That are incredible. This is your moment. I guarantee you, 
those watching, those in this room, you encounter God just now. God, you are perfect in all of your ways. You're a good, good father. And from a little girl, he talks about that. Come to me as children. God, it, it rocked me. I want that joy. I want you to know that joy. I don't want you to leave today without at least considering giving your life to Christ. At least turning your life around. And say, God, I'm not going to run down that road. I'm not going to continue to write my own script. I want your way. I want your life, what you have for me. I want you to turn things around. I want to follow you now. I want you to stand with me. I'm going to give you a chance to do that. I'm going to read something to you. Guys, this is not just another Sunday. It's not for me. Today is the day that you can change your life. Not for me. God is waiting. And I want, I want to show you what you can do. Here's what the Bible tells you to do. If you want to know what to do, here it is. So here's what I want you to do. It's that simple. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as our offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture, oh my gosh, that you fit into it without even thinking. Are we not ever there? Instead, fix your thinking on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. That internal joy that Jaden knew, that joy in here. Readily recognize what he wants from you. You know what he wants from you today. You know what you need to do. He's already told you. You just need to respond. You just need to do it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. He promises he will fulfill you. That's his promise. If you give him your life today, he promises to do that. You'll never know what your life could become until you hand it over to the one who created it. You'll never know. Close your eyes, if you would. This is your encounter today. This is your Jacob moment where you have the opportunity to give your life to Christ or say, God, I'm going to give you everything. My job, my career, my family, I'm going to dedicate that to you and I'm going to at least give you a year, God. Give him a year. Give him a day. Give him a week. Give him your life. 
So maybe some of you in here today, you don't know Christ, you don't know God, you've never accepted him as your personal savior. I wanna give you that opportunity. What a, Cause you've encountered God, you know God is speaking to you. And if you're that person today and you don't know him, he's asking you right now. God says, I'm drawing you. You can tell God is speaking to you this morning that I need Christ in my life. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna say a prayer. And if you'd like to receive Christ, all you gotta do is pray this where you are in your seat. You can pray it to yourself. Let's just pray together. If you'd like to receive Christ, just repeat after me, okay? Say, Father, I am a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you came and you died for me. And you rose again. I ask that you would come into my life. Make me a new person. Begin to write out your script in my life. Everybody with their heads bowed, please still. I want to ask a question. If you prayed that prayer this morning, you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want you to just raise your hand wherever you are. Because we just want to, awesome. That's awesome. This day, this encounter is, change, is changing people's lives. And I'm so thankful for that. God, I pray that you would be with the rest of us. That we're struggling, we're wrestling with you. <laughs> we're just fighting. I pray that you would help us to let go and give in. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us online at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.